Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Wednesday, July 13, 2022. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Elijah Streams and the Elijah List. Uh, be sure you subscribe here uh, so that we can send you the programs. Let's straighten this tie out here. Uh, so we can s- send you the programs after the show, sometimes the next day, but it'll come to you uh, either the same day or the next day after the program airs. And uh, you'll get the link, the photos, everything. Um, not every photo that was shared, but you'll see the photo of the guest and and you'll get the links and all of that. So be sure you subscribe to Elijah's because we can't send you the show later. But if, if you're an automated thing and this is free, uh, you'll get the show sent to your inbox. So a couple quick announcements. Hot off the press, we did announce it in the afternoon show Yesterday, uh, Eric Trump has agreed to come on and be our guest. It'll be not next week, but the week after the twenty, the week of the twenty-sixth. And we're nailing down the exact day. Uh, we're, he, he already told us it'll be the week of the twenty-sixth, but we're going to nail the the day down. We'll we'll let you know what that is so you can prepare for it. But we're very very honored uh, to have Eric Trump. Um, what a what a man of God, really. Because you know, if you knew more about it. So, anyways, God bless you all. Welcome to the broadcast. Now, before. Um, uh, before Kat comes on, we're going to bring Mike and Lori Sally on. So let's bring them on. And as you know, greetings, guys. Hey, how are you? As, as you know, that all of um, Show Mercy and then the, the village is called Field of Dreams, is called Field of Dreams in Uganda. You are the two people getting those wells dug for us. And then beyond that, let's, uh, some of you have already heard this, you're also working full time with this ministry, Elijah Streams. So um, you're getting things done, and I'm not going to steal your thunder. So go ahead, and I'm going to throw it to you, and you tell the people what you're what you're doing. Do we want to talk about the Alaska situation yeah, let's first? Yeah, mention that real quick. I think it's yeah. really really yeah, neat go story. For it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. one of the projects, obviously, we're doing work uh, with Elijah Streams in Uganda, but we're also finding opportunities to minister to people in the United States through clean water and other ways. And this is a really neat story. We just found um, out this tribe in Alaska, in a place called Little Diomede. And I had never heard of it before, but there's 90 people that live on this island. And it's called the Inalik tribe. And we just found out that they had some issues with water. And we just mailed them 24 high-end water filtration systems. And this island is so remote that you have to get there by a plane and it has to land on snow. And it's, it's actually three miles from Russia, three, oh, miles, really? three miles from a, from a Russian territory island called Big Diomede. And so we've been speaking to the mayor there and they are very excited. And we have 24 filtration systems coming to them. They should be there on Monday. And, so and is it that the water is they could drink it, but it's it would be poison if they didn't use the contamination? Yeah, their their system for filtering water has been down. They're out of power a lot over there, and so they requested this through some another other organization that wasn't able to do it. Um, it's so remote, and that's the, the cool thing to me is about this is that these people have to have thought that nobody knows they exist because they're so far away and it's so hard to get there. And shipping is so expensive to send things there. And because of all of our supporters at Elijah Streams, we were able to send these these people um, some filtration systems. I'm sure we're going to be getting some pictures of them using them. So that's just one of many projects that we're working on in the United States. 
That's good. And then you we're looking at other tribes so far. Not that many things have clicked, but some things are beginning to pop with other tribes here. Yeah, there are actually there's quite a few that we've been contacting. There's a lot of unknown tribes that people aren't familiar with. And so we've been looking into a lot of the smaller ones that people aren't really don't really know about. And we're actually making some connections with some people. And there's going to be a lot more things coming in the near future. Very good. So, okay. So, Lori, talk about the Uganda wells and anything else on your heart. So the Uganda wells, obviously that is very, very dear to my heart there. I think at this point, we Elijah streams have dug 41 water wow. wells wow. in different parts, not just where show mercy is located, but in different parts of Uganda. And the impact is incredible. You know, we were there not too long ago and we got to go visit firsthand some of these families and the villages. And it was it was it was absolutely amazing just the um the response and and so we want to say thank you on their behalf to yeah. everyone at elijah streams i mean if they were here if you could see their face let's show let me show um some of these pictures here so you can see the sad faces on these are some of the kids that we ran across um you can go to the next slide and you can see where they're having to collect their water and so i want to explain a little bit like this morning for me, when I woke up, I was thinking about, do I want to go on a walk and exercise this morning? Or do I, do I feel like it? Do I not? And then I started thinking about my friends in Uganda. And for, for, for a lot of them, that is not an option. Some of these kids have to get up before the sun comes out, walk miles to go collect water in, in places like this. And the thing is, is you want to be some of the first to get there. You can see it, it's, this one's pretty disgusting actually, mm. but you want to be some of the first to get there because the, the dirt and the, the, the muck gets stirred up the more people that are there dipping their jerry cans. And it, it's heartbreaking because not only are they having to walk for miles, but they're drinking this dirty water and getting sick. You know, we have a medical clinic as well that Elijah Streams is a part of, um, has donated towards and and we've seen so many cases prior to these new water wells coming of of kids that are sick and it, it's it's heartbreaking um i want to i want to tell a story about yeah. joseph okay. let me see joseph and his family so joseph is on the left so this picture was just recently taken i had my team go and and take it and so joseph and his siblings he shared the story of um, getting up super early before the crack of dawn, walking for miles before they get ready for school and having to go and collect water at his water hole. And he told us this story that one of the times that he went, he went with his brother that's in the green shirt and he, he went and he slipped in and the water hole, the dirty water hole, this is pre Elijah streams bringing fresh, clean water wells to him. He went to the watering hole and he slipped in and these kids don't know how to swim because they don't really have large bodies of water where they learn how to swim. And he fell in and he went all the way under, he said. Mm. And his brother pulled him out somehow. And he was telling our, our team, I almost drowned. And if my brother wouldn't have been there, and it's dark. I mean, can you imagine? Like he falls in, it's totally dark. His brother pulled him out and they made it back. And so not only do they have to walk long miles if they don't have you know, a, a close water source, but they come back and then they have to get that water. They have to prepare it, try and get it boiled and, and sanitized, clean somehow. And then they have to bathe because they've just walked for, for miles in the dirt. 
getting this water and they have to bathe to get ready to go to school. And, and most of the time they don't actually have anything to eat because they don't have time to get the water ready to make their porridge. But let's see the next, the next slide. That's the watering hole where he fell in. Mm. I can't even imagine. But here is the water well that you, every viewer, every person that's donated, those that have prayed, that, those that have been asking the Lord to bring clean water. Here's Joseph at the water well. This was number six. This was actually last year, I think, or earlier in the year whenever we did this one. So Joseph's been, a, been benefiting. His entire family's been benefiting from this clean water. And he was so, so excited whenever the team went to go visit him. I mean, you can see the smiles on their faces. You want to add anything about that? No, I, I think it's just important. You know, we always show these these videos with the numbers of the wells, and and there's literally thousands of people that have been affected and that have been impacted. But each one of those people is not just a number. You know, mm -hmm. these are individual people that God sees that has a, he has an amazing plan for, and he doesn't want them to suffer. And so, when you're supporting Elijah streams. I could tell you that that's the, that's the response that you're getting from people. They are cheering. Every yeah. time we have a well, we do a dedication. Wow. And people in the village come out, the leaders come out, and people are giving their lives to Jesus because of this practical water. They're receiving living water, and they're receiving salvation, and they're so excited that somebody all the way across the other right. side of the world cares enough to, to sacrifice and give their best to see these people receive something that we all take so for granted. Yeah, now talk about, I, mean, I know you probably were, but we'll talk about the people that are that are finding the Lord through this. Is it quite a few or just one or two? No, it, it's, it's quite a few. I mean, we keep getting reports every time they open up a well, they share the gospel message and, and that's impactful and that's powerful, but they've heard some of those words before, but there's something whenever our team and the, and the pastors that we're working with, share that that there's total strangers that you don't know that love Jesus that have heard about you and they wanted to they wanted you to know that that you're not forgotten that God really does love you that 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 God gave his best and they want to give and they want to model what Jesus's love is like and it just impacts them so much and so using words and we know that there's there's power in our words but but this is like just a a, a symbol of living water and literally, they know what living water means. It oh, means man. to get to live. And so it impacts them in a different way, I think, than, mm -hmm. than, than we realized that it would. And so it's exciting every time we hear. Well, and I, I always think of that thing where Jesus said, even if you give so much as a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, you will not lose your reward. That means that those people giving in, uh, you know, this is, this is not necessarily a fundraising presentation. It's more like we're telling you what you've already done. But I know some people will say this and go, man, I want to give into that. When you do, if you do, the Lord said you will not lose your reward. If you give so much as a cup of cold water, you say, well, I can't afford a well. Well, you might, you know, your your thing might buy a half of a well or a fourth of a well or a tenth of a well or a hundredth of a well. That's a cup of cold water. And the Lord's marking that down on you. Said, I was saying that, you know, you may not be able to afford a well, but something else that we do at every one of these dedications is we actually hand out these these cans, the dairy cans that they're dipping water in. And we have a label on them. And I think you've seen them before, but it basically says because Jesus cares. And that's that's wow. stuck in this container and it's got Elijah Streams logo on it. 
And, and I'm telling you, there are so many people in Uganda that know about Elijah Strings. I promise yeah. everywhere they, they know about you. It's like a walking, so, talking advertiser. They walk through the bush, whatever. Yeah, yeah they're taking their cans and they're <laughs> lining up and there's stickers on all of these containers. And wow. so you can provide a container, you know, $10. If you give a donation of $10, you're providing a container. Wow. You're actually sharing the good news of Jesus caring for these people every time they go get water. So everything, uh, everything helps. And, it, and it's really making a huge impact. With so good. I want to tell you about, um, tell the people that we don't have, we don't have the photos ready to show, but I found this out today. We've been supporting another ministry as well. We, we actually support many ministries, but there's one called Justice Speaks. Um, Sharon, now I don't know how to say your name properly, Sharon, but Sharon out of LA but uh, I didn't realize she was doing that. She took the money that we donated to her ministry and they dug two fresh water wells in Nepal. What had happened is a family or two, I think there was more than one family, they received the Lord. And as their punishment, they were told they couldn't use the fresh water wells anymore. They had to get their water from the dirty canal. That, and they were willing to receive the Lord knowing that that would happen. So Sharon said, well, you know, We'll dig them some wells in. I don't, I'm going to get the details. By the time I come back next time, I'll have more details. Uh, but they drilled two water wells. And uh, I, I've got some questions in for it. And I've got some photos already, but they weren't ready for today. But that's what's going to happen, you know. And if you if you all know of other people, I'm, I'm going to be careful about this. Mike, I'm just going to say, see the, see the email at the bottom. It says wells at ElijahStreams.com. If someone wanted to write to you and ask you a question about that, are you good with that? Absolutely. We, we, yeah, you might get overwhelmed with those. No, it's okay. That's okay. Yeah, we're, so we're here for. We're so excited to be a part of this team. This is the the funnest thing we've ever done. I mean, this is just well, so amazing helping helping people like this and so so many people. It's changing so many lives. It's amazing. We're, well, you guys are doing an amazing job. We love you, and we're looking forward to many many more reports over the years uh, with what's going to happen. So we'll see you pretty often now. People get to know you really well. So God bless you all. We will see you all. all right. And thanks again, Mike. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And so here comes Kat, we think. <laughs> there she is. Hey, Kat. Hi. Good to see you. Um, so we've got a lot of questions for today, but talk to, talk with us about what's on your heart. Anything you want to share? Welcome to the broadcast. I am just quickly packing so that I can move. <laughs> really? You're, you're finally there, huh? Well, we've been packing actually for a while, but you know, when you got five people who live in a house for 17 years, it takes a while to pack stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> we are oh, excited. We are excited. And of course, we're still separating office from home because it's always been together. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the things that takes the longest time. But we are real excited about finally moving and uh, having a place for the office and one for us. So. Awesome. Because there's, I feel the pressure of greatness. That's what I feel. And not just for me. That's what I'm feeling. It's like what comes towards the very end of a season, stepping into another one. You may feel a pressure, but it's not like it's not a bad pressure. It's like an urgency to hurry up and get it done. And I would, I would uh, encourage everybody out there, if God's doing stuff with you, been showing you stuff, whatever you have left to prepare for it, this is your time to do that. Because I do know this, as soon as what you can call it, flip, reset, whatever you want to call it, when that happens, things will happen so quickly. And I know Robin has said this, Hank has said this, John, you know, they all know that when you come to that point, take advantage of the time you still have. 
Yeah. Either wrap things up if you're dealing with stuff, if you're packing, if you need to get some stuff, whatever it is. I would encourage you to take advantage so you're not left and that door flies open and there you go. Is it, and as it's seen, you know, of course, we don't we we, we steer clear of naming date, specific dates, but it seems does it seem to you like all of the prophetic that's been giving is really, really close? Is that what I'm hearing you say too? And, I know for heaven it's close. That yeah. means it's close for me. Yeah. Because I do know that when God's gonna do something really powerful, he likes to set things in place. That's just what he does. And for a long time, people might say, well, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this or that. And is anything really happening? There's things in the background, in the spirit realm that you cannot see that is absolutely necessary to be set in place for this thing he's about to do over the next several generations. I'd probably say maybe four generations of time, at least, that things will be so powerful in the earth that he has to make sure everything in the spirit realm that is the realm he deals with first. He deals with that first. We kind of drag along sometimes and start praying or start declaring. But he's been preparing for this for some time, probably especially uh, since right before 2012. He already knew what would take place during those times. And so he really has been uh, pressing me. He'd say things like, you need to be gated. You need to be gated. Then he'd say, okay, you need to get in the gate. Then he'll just say the word gate. Really? So really? That's what's happening to me now, right now, here, that the urgency, I feel, is to get it set up for that acceleration and that powerful hand of God to take place. And I can't say if that's a month, two months, three months. I can't say that. I will keep saying watch like I did the last couple of meetings. Watch what's going to happen like now. And things yeah. are happening almost every day somewhere that yeah. is that brings hope and celebration into the heart of people. I can just say, I think next year is going to be so tremendously amazing. Yeah. All the years we've had before this next year. So I'm so looking forward to it. You know, I was always a person that liked change. Some people that watch it, they say, I don't like change. So for <laughs> me, it's good because I like change. I like things to be shaken up a little bit because I can I get. I know some people really don't like yeah. change. They're comfortable, number one. Yeah. Get rid of the comfort people because. When amazing things begin to happen, God will do things rapidly. Like it won't drag on forever. It will it will happen one suddenly after another. Yeah. And if you've got that when you've been building a foundation in your life, hopefully your whole life, but especially these last ten years, maybe building it to be closer to him. That's how you build that foundation, is with him. It's to be with him, to know him, and, and to hear him even clearer, which a lot of that is gonna start to happen to people for the first time. And I am hearing back from other people, too, saying doors are starting to open right now for them, like to move or the business to be a, a really finally established, like doors opening one after the other. That's what happens when you walk into a new season, especially if it's a season of God and not a season of man. And actually, that's what we're about to do, walk into a season of God. And then and you just better be ready. I tell you, get your heart ready. That means make sure there's celebration in there, not dread, not fear. Get rid of all that because he's going he's gonna to fill it with himself. And I honestly can say I feel a press on me wow. to get out of here. Not that this is a horrible place. This has been a beautiful place. There's portals all over in my, in my, my what was my home. There's my office now. That, that, that's a lot of the portals that the Father uses or Jesus uses to come in and out. 
Wow. Uh, the poems go with me, by the way. So they do. That's good to know. So they you do with me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. And Kat, that's a good question to ask you, you know, before there are other questions that I have for you. But so even in your one house that you all share for both home and business and ministry, there's not just one portal. There's a couple or three portals. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's probably, well, I'm not counting the encounter room itself, which has a huge portal. Almost the whole ceiling in the encounter room now is a massive portal. That's where the army came in for the first time, the army of heaven. And the father would come in that one a lot. Then my room, which would be my, would have been, would have been my bedroom, which is not my office. There's a major portal that a lot of activity happens, uh, either coming and going from there or me, me going through there. Yeah. But, and then there's one in the front area. Really? Like right over the studio here it, that is really powerful. That sometimes it'll open. I'll see heaven watching from the one that's over us right now, and they're watching right now from heaven. Wow, they are. See, now I would in my in my pea brain here, I would have thought, okay, cat would have a big portal over her house, but you're saying there's even three portals here that I think you just mentioned. You know, you think why would God need another portal and another portal? But I mean, they're used uh, for different purposes. Wow. So you different, have doors in your house that are used for different purposes, correct? Yeah, yeah that's true. It's the same so way. you're saying it's that logical. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they got different it purposes. It makes sense. Even in your mansion, you have portals that you go through, and you're instantly in a different place in heaven. And so you wouldn't pick the one to go under the Crystal Sea, and there is one in everybody's mansion if you want to go under the Crystal Sea and swim in the water, breathing the water in the Crystal it. Sea in heaven. I want to do heaven. that. There's yeah, a portal that for that, huh? Typically for that. Then there's one that takes you directly to the throne room. There's one that takes you like almost like, I don't want to say an elevator, but it's a transportation to whatever place you call out. You step in front of it and say it, and it takes you there instantly. You step into that portal yourself in heaven. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be fun. Do you, by the way, I think you may have addressed this one time before my first question. I'm going to ask So didn't you say... If you looked up in the sky in heaven, there's all kinds of transports and people going. Am I am I remembering that correctly? You mean in heaven? Yeah, in heaven. Oh yeah, lots of activity of the transports, all types of transports in heaven. Uh, you get your own. Uh, I call a, a star, you know, a star cruiser. You get your own. It runs on light, and it's right oh. there by your mansion. So some people really like still. To just get in something and take yourself there. Some people just love that. Some people want to step through the portals and be there because they just want to get to the activity or whatever's going on. You get to choose in heaven. You don't get just one way. Well, I guess if you take a transport, then you're seeing the sights along the way, right? Yes, that's right. That would be how it would have its advantages. You take your time and see different parts ahead of you. Say, no, I just want to get there. You're there. I see that. You can choose. There's beams of light that travel around heaven. They are they are specifically beams of light made you transport. And it's like you can, there's different places you go, almost like a bus stop. Almost like a bus stop. It's the only yeah. thing I can equate it to, but it's not on the ground. It yeah. goes through the air. Okay. <laughs> that's easy. All right. So I have a lot of questions today, to, um, questions about heaven. Anyone that's new, cats has been to heaven many times, as many other people have. Uh, but your assignment is to share heaven. Yeah. So we're not we're not taking advantage of you because you happen to have gone. God 
assigned this to you, right? And we yeah, put on, by the way, right on the screen, my, we have. Uh, my commission is to reveal heaven. It's not yeah. about me. It's for everyone else in yeah. the body of Christ. That's right. And I was going to say, too, on the screen, we put questions for cat.com. That's not for today's broadcast, but for future broadcasts. Okay, I want to ask you about the Father God and the Father, your natural Father, or, or one's natural Father in heaven. I'm going to use, um, okay, so the scripture talks about, we go, we, you know, when we're intimate with God, the spirit of adoption, we call him Abba Father. Uh, Kim Robinson calls him Daddy God. Bob Jones calls him Papa, and you've talked about even other names, but what, you go as a little girl, if I understand it right. What do you call the father? Do you have an intimate name that you would be willing to share? Do other people have other pet names that they would call God the Father or or what? Talk about the intimate part of I it. I think it's a lot of the other way around. Okay. And I sometimes will call him Papa. Sometimes I call him Father. I, I think mostly because the word calls him the father, that would be the father of Jesus Christ. When I say father, most of the time when I say God, just the word God, I'm talking about the father. Uh, if it's, I could, like for instance, Jesus, I call him my king, my beloved, my bridegroom, you know, uh, uh, the, the powerful one. Uh, I call him the rock sometimes. This is just the nicknames I have for Jesus. I have quite a few for him. Or the father, it's to me, I, I call my I call my earthly dad. I hardly call him dad. I call my dad on the earth. I call him Papa. Uh, most all of us did. We call him Papa. Papa. There was a nickname we had for our own dad, who was a great example of the father because of the love he had, the attention he gave us, the care and detail he gave when he was teaching us something or wanting to do something with us. And but when I say father, so people clearly understand. That I'm not talking about Jesus at that moment or Holy Spirit at that moment. Uh, Holy Spirit is my best friend. That's what I call him. Yeah, I like that. But but I think it's so normal, normal, not being a normal thing at all. But the word calls him Father and the Father and the Father of Christ. And so therefore that's why I use that expression. But most of the time I most of the time I will call him Papa or I, I sometimes I just sometimes call him love. Oh really? Oh, that's yeah, good. He's yeah, he's got the greatest love, I think. Yeah. Uh, he has such great love. And and Jesus loved being with him because of the love he had. And he has great love. He couldn't have sent his own son. People thought, well, that'd be a terrible thing. It was the best thing he had to make a choice to do because you could not enter into heaven with wickedness in you. You could not. If you, if you allowed everyone coming to heaven without Christ, heaven would be like the earth. And he, he's never going to do that. That's why you must repent of your sins. Receive the blood covering of Jesus Christ. He, Christ, is the one who gives you entrance into heaven so that you can come back to the Father where you lived before you were here. That's about the simplest explanation I can give yeah. you. Did you, uh, now I, I was praying a week or two ago and I was saying to the Father, because I, 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 I call him Papa a lot because I'm practicing the intimacy part. It doesn't come as natural because I never called my father, I called dad. I'm sure when I was little, I must have called him daddy, but I, but I called him dad, and he's with the Lord now. But then Bob Jones called him papa. But I've said, I've said to the father, I want to know you as father. I want to know you as almighty God. I want to know you as judge. I want to know you as my friend. And I want to know you as an intimate, like my dad figure. Do you know, do you find yourself knowing the father 
in different aspects? Do you ever know him as judge instead of uh, Papa? I do know him another way. Okay. I do. I know him as being powerful, and I know that people think, yes, he is a loving God, but he despises evil. Yeah. And he does sometimes get to a point where he's not he's not having it anymore. He's not going to have it around. He doesn't want it to pollute people, defile people, crush people, hurt people. And I, I have seen him in the other side where he does have a sword. He does have a sword. And, uh, and, and think of the way he banished, um, when he banished uh, Lucifer out of heaven, his sword was a lightning bolt and it took him out and not in the best way either. And so I have seen him in that way. I've seen him and the way he feels about evil itself and why he wants so much to keep it out of heaven and out of our lives. He knows what it does to people. Uh, the devil gives you nothing good. And when you think about who the devil was at one time, as I feel his name was Lucifer. He had, he had permission and actually was anointed to step inside the father and lead worship from inside the father and yeah. all the glory from the worship of the angels will go right down into the heart of God, having to pass right through Lucifer, which is what made him go over the edge. I definitely have to say he got full of himself and began to think that he wanted what God had. Then he began to think like he was God. And then, of yeah. course, you know, the iniquity was birthed in him. Mm. It wasn't found anywhere else in heaven. It was birthed in him. And he became Satan because he chose that. And that's why the father said, I'm not having any more of this. Kick him out of heaven. And he only had permission to go to the courtroom. And that's usually, by the way, that he was dragged up there. Oh, really? Okay. I think people that go, the uh, Satan's going to say, well, I'm going to just go in the courtroom today. No, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. is not just summoned. He is taken up there to appear before the judgment seat in the courtroom of heaven uh, before God the Father, who is the judge. And so I just, as judge. <laughs> is he, if you even know the answer to this, is he brought up there all the time once in a great while what is how does he have a periodic appearance that he's dragged up for the next judgment or what what are you i think seeing? it depends on what the case is i think okay. it totally depends on what 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 he's being summoned for okay or not even required but he he has no choice of whether he's going or not okay he's demanded to come and i know that there are sentries that that's their job to go and get him and bring him before the throne of god to be judged. Would he be called up there for, um, let's just say, uh, I'm going to make this up, that he's bugging a friend of yours and 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 this friend's been crying out for justice and God finally says, that's it, and he drags the enemy up? Is it Would it be a one-off thing where he judges the anything like well, that? Is this more the, in, it's, it is a courtroom. Okay. And that's why we have courtrooms. Yeah. That's why we have judges. That's why you have, we have a uh, we have lawyers who defend, and we have those who the prosecutor. I mean, the way they set the court up now in heaven is not defiled or or abused in any way whatsoever. But they do have a protocol, and that's mm. the way, best way to say it. we don't say system. You don't say, um, you know, uh, it's protocol. It's a proper yeah. word to say. There's a protocol to follow. The father doesn't step beyond that protocol, but he makes sure it's totally fulfilled. And if someone is unjustly being abused or used over and over again by the enemy, that would be Satan. Then the father 
would command him to come up before the court and he would call him out about that. And sometimes there are things he loses. I can't talk about that. Some things that are taken from him are broken that he doesn't have access to anymore. And that's okay. what the father will, that's his judgment. Christ is, of course, we know it says who he is. He's our defender. He's the one who stands in the court to defend us. So he's there to stand on the, to, on, on the part of the person who's being falsely accused, abused, or misused continually by our enemy. And Jesus Christ is the one who stands in defense of the person who's being wrongly done. And then he says something to the father, and the father de decides to, I'm bringing him up. He's going to be judged. The demons who are a part of what he's doing are usually stoned in a pit. If he's using demons to be a part of this whole thing that's going on, it's like a real courtroom. Yeah. Only it can get really fierce. It can get fierce because the father's eyes will become flames of fire. Wow. Uh, when he, he already knows what the case is about, he sees and knows all. It says that clearly. It's not like it's being hidden from him, but that day in court does come. And I'm talking about now. I'm not talking about later. There's a there's the judgment seat of Christ. That's later, people. And the great white throne judgment, that is the father at the end of time when all the wicked dead are hauled up before him. And he tells them why they're being thrown into the lake of fire. So it's operated like the best Supreme Court ever. The highest Supreme Court would be the court of heaven. And so I have seen the father in that position, operating in that position as judge. Interesting. Let me ask now about my earthly father that's there. I'm just going to use myself as an example, but this fits lots of other people. So in my case, um, my father literally, honestly, truly believed before he died that I would be eternally lost because I didn't keep the one Sabbath. He believed it. And after he died, my mom gave me something he had been working on. He had worked, did all this work, typing. He had, it was a typewriter days because he's been gone 32 years. And so he typed it out, red ink, black ink, and he was going to prove the case for me. Well, the, the scripture he used were useless because they were misused. Yes. But I found myself at least um, – grateful that he thought enough of me to take the time to try and save me, which is what, yeah. okay. So when he didn't make it through heart surgery, he would have stepped out of his body at some point. Does he, does a person that steps out of his body when all of a sudden they're in some sort of bliss, I'm guessing, do they instantly understand all things or do they have to be, when they get to heaven, does someone sit down and say, no, this is what you thought about your son, but he's really, you know, uh, serving me, what what happens? What is there a schooling? He would have within? known instantly, Steve. He would have. What he was thinking was wrong. Oh wow! He would instantly, no, instantly, because there, you're instantly uh, when you step as a believer, born again believer, and you're going home to heaven. You step out of this body. Your spirit man already understands and knows. Probably, probably that probably struggled. He probably struggled with that sometimes himself because his spirit man would know. Uh, I need to do something else, or I need to think something else. If your flesh, uh, if your flesh rules you, it says you will. You know, if you walk in the spirit, that's what I'm talking about. Walking in the spirit, you when you step out of this flesh body, you are walking in the spirit right then, right then in that moment. You know that all like he knew all that I was thinking about him was wrong. He was right all along, and wow. in his heart, he's like, God, uh, I want you to bless him. Please bless him. Wow. Let him know I love him, and I'm so excited about what he's doing with his life right now. So he would have already said it before he left this earth. Gee, that <laughs> well, well, that makes yeah, me think of many you know. many people who who have parents that went before 
Sometimes it's the other way around. A child went before, but there were these disagreements that nobody could ever work out. And, and I'm thinking that I'm going to say this, I'm not going to say a name, but this was years and years ago. I gave a word to a lady about God loves the number nine and he's going to bring healing. And I didn't know what I was saying. And she screamed and cried because she had nine children and one brother had left his wife and slept with his brother's wife. It was a horrible, horrible family, dis, you know, but God had given me a, a cryptic word that meant he was going to heal that. So let's yeah. say that when those people die, one at a time, the children, the mother, they step out of their body and instantly all of that is sort of, res I don't know how to ask the question. They suddenly understand they would understand, and that, uh, if they're a believer, they would actually step into the love of God oh, instantly. Well. And anything they thought was important, they wanted to prove, maybe they're the ones who wanted to prove the other one was wrong, it means nothing to them. And they realize <laughs> so in the good. moment, this was all this was all wasted, but God, thank you for covering me. I mean, they're so grateful to God, you know, that they're going to heaven. But yeah, immediately at that time, they would know that whoever was right, if they were right, but they shouldn't have pushed it that hard. They would know that. But if they knew they were totally wrong, like your dad was totally wrong in what he was saying about you, he knew in that second when he left this flesh in the spirit, understanding with his spiritual man, he understood you were right all along, and he did know that. That's going to help a lot of people. And I, I remember a question recently where, and you I know you've been asked this because I think I may be one of the ones that asked you on behalf, of someone, someone says, I, my mom and I fought and we just couldn't, and I wanted to work it out and I never got to say I'm sorry. And she was so resentful and we didn't, you know, but I think she was saved. So the people hearing that kind of situation know that when that mother w stepped out of her body, boom, all resentment is gone, all forgiveness. It was gone. And if, if, there, if there was any one thing, and I will say this really, uh, really meaning it. If there's any way they could come back, that is the one thing they would say to them. I'm so sorry that I let things come between us. It was wrong and I love you so much. I want wow. you to know, uh, if it was them being wounded, they'd say, I don't hold anything against you. I totally forgive you. I love you. I cannot wait to see you in heaven one day. And then they would go. If that was the one, one moment he gave them, that's what they would use it for. If it was the other way around and the person who passed, stepped out of the body, they would know, of course, they already knew they were right. And the other one beating them up with the harsh words, um, they would come back and say, I want you to know, I forgive you for all that you said, you know, I forgive you for all of that. I just can't wait to see you. I love you and uh, run your life for Jesus Christ and make sure you love. They would say that. So no matter which way it was, that happens instantly when you leave this flesh. Uh, when you when you walk in the flesh, you know you you're gonna you're gonna fulfill the desires of the flesh because that's what you're living in. Yeah. Walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh, which would be to wound somebody again and again and again, beat them up again and again and again. But you mind them what they did wrong all the time, which you should not do. That nobody should do that. And the other thing I may as well add for free: this is yeah. all, the Holy Spirit giving everybody a free tip. If somebody wronged you ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago. You should not be hanging on to that. You will literally keep yourself from stepping into your own future because you're living in the past. If you keep bringing it up in your mind, you're talking to people about it. And that person, let's say that person you're talking about got born again, but you still treat them 
as if they were your enemy. That's not right. If Jesus Christ can forgive the ones who were crucifying him and say, Father, I forgive them, you know, if you were persecuted and somebody <laughs> repented years later and you wouldn't receive that and they died and went on to heaven, they would come back and say, I want you to know I've loved you all along and I forgave you. Please don't live in the past anymore. Step into your future. You need to let go of offense, you know, or wounds or tragedies, even trauma. Loose that from your soul in Jesus' name and then bind the love of God, the life of God and God's plans for you. And you will be shocked to see how quickly things change for you. If you hang on to the past, you're living in the past. You are not living in the future. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. I, I'm actually feeling the anointing on this. It's almost hard to talk because I, it's almost nonspecific just because I heard every word, but all of a sudden it's having a delayed ref- uh, effect, But and, and it's a good... Good, uh, good delay. But when I've had, so, people, I've had to forgive people my whole life, uh, mm. and that was way the way God trained me to see. You can be angry and hang on to something. This is probably when I was like 13, 14 about something. The way I was treated in school by <clears throat> this one girl, and I found out she had so much fear in her because she had mm. been abused. Mm. God showed me that even way back then. He said, if you keep hanging on to that, you want to help her to be free. You let her know that you care about her and you've forgiven all of it. And he, and I did it. I had to do it. And I was so free. And I saw her years later and the joy of the Lord was on her. And she said, because of what I did all those years ago, she was set free. I had to people's wrongs against you. Yes, it was wrong. Let God deal with that, but don't let your past traumas and uh, trials and uh, attacks and wounds or whatever, or someone uh, being offended at you, don't let that keep you from your future. You know, and I, I've had forgiveness has been one of the things that the Lord did in me and has done in me. I was one of those that forgave more easily, but unlike anybody else, there are some people <laughs> that it was harder. And so uh, those were longer processes to fully forgive. It was a process, but I had years and years ago a ministry, uh, a minister, and he persecuted me. And it's because of the Elijah. This was much a long time ago. He went to be at the Lord. Now, armed with what you said, he was instantly knew that he shouldn't have persecuted me. Yes. You're right. Meanwhile, I'm down here. I'm still. It took me a few years to 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 fully forgive him. But how would you just say someone that was in a situation like that? Now you know the person that went ahead is now clean. They're forgiven. There's, and I've heard you say, you know, where you can where you are, you can say hi, dad, or hi, mom. Can you can you say something to that person? You absolutely can. I'm sure the Father will make sure that they're watching over the portal in heaven so that they hear what you're saying. If you, so make you can say, point, I forgive you, and you say their name. I just yes. I know. Yes. Yeah. That would be powerful because you can say, I know you fully forgiven me, and I fully yes. forgive you. And let's be, I don't know how you'd say, you can't say let's be friends, but, you know, I can't wait to when see you. In heaven, you can. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I know that is very, very hard if, if, it, if it was really a tragic, horrible thing that was done to somebody or some or somebody who was their husband or maybe their, even their child. It's really hard. And the devil will take advantage of that. And that devil will beat you in the ground. 
continue to remind you of what was done, the wrong that was done. You need to tell the devil to shut up and you're not listening to him anymore. You're listening to what God has said and you are willing. You can choose with your will to forgive somebody and bypass the emotions. And I think that's one of the greatest things. It is one of the keys to the kingdom. You really can choose with your will, yep. even though your flesh and your emotions are, are warring against that. If you say, I, I, I know I have to do this because it's what's right. So I choose with my will to forgive, say their name for this, say that, and say, I'm not ever going to remember it again. I just give it all to God. And I want to be free of all of that in Jesus name. And you just say those words and you will be shocked <laughs> that the devil can't bring it back to you over and over again. He can't beat you up with it because why it's out of your soul, what you see and hear and experience that goes in your soul. And that's so, you, so you're saying the stuff out of your soul. If you belong to Jesus, Jesus Christ, he'll actually come and take it out. So you're, let me put it in different words. So you're saying if someone will say, I could never forgive them. I want to. I just have never been able to. I just and, they can't. and you're saying, forget what you can't do. Use your words. That's right. Say with your mouth and, and attempt to mean it. But don't yeah. wait to feel it first. Right. You're not. You don't wait to feel anything. Just say it. If you say I choose, that's why people. It's one of the things people say. Have you heard that pink haired lady online? You know, she's always talking about I choose in my will. They yeah. even use that as a thing that's connected to me. Yeah, it's true. that's what the father taught me. Um, it's the keys to the kingdom. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So if you bind the love of God to your heart, to your soul, God will do that in heaven and no one can take it from you. But if you choose to loose all the wrongs done or a specific wrong, a trauma, a trial, a fear, uh, abuse, addiction, if you choose with your will and you say that, I choose as an act of my will to loose this addiction from my soul and name it. Jesus comes down and takes it out. It says in the Bible that Jesus is the restorer of our soul. It also says cast all your cares on him. That's all those things I just talked about. But he literally, if you say it that way, he, he, he will use the keys to the kingdom and he'll come and take it out of your soul like it was never there. You know, I was looking on this list because there's a, I had a question on that today. So let me just jump to that. Um, okay, what they wanted to know, let's see if I can get it. They wanted to know, and I can't find it right now because I'm in a flurry to get find it. So if you lose something from your soul that's in there, you know it's in there. The question was, does it go away? And part of the question was, do I have to say it out loud? So they wanted to know, do I have to say it out loud? And they're saying, does God just take it away? I think the question is, or do they still struggle with it, have to repeat it for a while? I, I think, I think the enemy will try to bring it back to you, but it's not in here anymore. Therefore, you're not pressed or crushed by what was in there. It's out here. And that if it comes back as a thought, you say, I cast that thought away. I'm taking it captive. I'm not, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm not. Here's the, here. I she, take every thought captive that fights against the will of God. And so if you've been forgiven, if you if you ask for the God to take it, if you lose it from your soul, Christ takes it out of your soul. The enemy, you know, who knows about that, he'll try to have you take it back. Okay. You know, if, if it comes up here, trust me, he will try to do that. You go, nope, I'm not taking it. I've loosed it from my soul and I'm not taking it back. 
Well, some people will struggle and some people will will inadvertently take it back, won't they? Sometimes they'll just take yes, it back. Yes, they can lose it again and they okay. should. Okay. Here's, I found it, and thank you, Illumination. She helped me find it. Rochelle is asking, can you loosen bind something from yourself, from yourself or someone else quietly in your mind? Will Jesus still take those things from you or someone else, even though you didn't say it out loud? I with think authority? you can whisper it if you don't, you, you, you can't really think in your mind unless you can't speak at all. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you're born, you can't speak. You know what I mean? Those, uh, yeah. What do you call them? Yeah. D d you're not uh, deaf. Deaf as you can't. I guess dumb. It's a dumb spirit. Deaf or something. And dumb, yeah. yeah. That, if you were yeah. deaf and dumb, that means you couldn't hear or speak. Yeah. yeah. So if you were made that way, but if you have a voice to say things, then you need to say it. You don't have to say it out loud, but you need to say the word. Yeah. And you don't have to be with them to say it either. You can go and say it in your own room alone by yourself and say, I choose my will to forgive so-and-so and say their name and say what it was. And you lose it from your soul. It won't come back unless you actually run after it to do it again. And now this person, I think by the way she worded this, she's also wanting to know if she can lose something from somebody else. So will Jesus, uh, they want to know, if you lose, take those things from you or even someone else. Uh, I would have to you, say can, it would have to be a family member. Okay. Um, now, let's just, the, the perfect example is every parent has the strongest um, authority in the spirit realm for their own children. Okay. Now, sometimes the parents aren't even serving God. And uh, there's stuff going on or a child was, I don't know, bullied at school and they came home and the parents didn't have a clue. They didn't ever say anything that actually will stay in the child. Um, but if a grandparent, if a grandparent knows a grandparent can actually say, I choose as an act of my will, as a watcher of my granddaughter's soul, my grandson's soul. I choose to loose it from their soul in Jesus name. And then Jesus will come and take it out. Wow. If you've adopted a child and you now are the one standing for the soul, praying their prayer covering, you could then also say that over that child. If the child's old enough to understand all of this, let's say, I don't know, they're in their early teens or something, they can choose themselves to lose stuff from their soul. If they were in a bully situation, and I've already helped young children actually send me their testimonies. Mm -hmm. This 10-year-old boy was continually bullied in school and picked on, just with no mercy, picked on every day by this big old bully. And he heard me give that that little time when um, when Trump won the first time, and he won. And I'm telling you what, it was powerful all the times I've been talking on behalf of Trump uh, back in uh, when he first won the first time. And, uh, and I announced that time when God said, he gave me three nights to announce what the person who would win for the president these are three things you will say, but won't announce their name till the last day. This was before he won. Okay. And you may be able to go back. I actually have it recorded somewhere. So every night I would say the attributes or some of the characteristics of the person that God had chosen to win uh, in the in the election. And I think the first time he said something about him, everybody was guessing. We had close to 300, 400,000 people, but before the last day came, watching to see what God would say about that person. And everybody was excited and happy. Oh, I think it's this person, this person, you know, as you know, there was like, well, I don't know, 12 people running for that position for president in the Republican party. And, um, and finally on the last night, 
God had me say, I did not choose a pastor. I didn't choose a pastor. Okay. And I didn't choose a prophet. I chose um, a businessman to be president this time because he's an all-American boy who's all for America, and his name is Donald J. Trump. Awesome. And let me tell you, the fan hit the fire. Jen knows <laughs> this. Man, out of the so many people by this point listening and watching, I have to say probably 10% were angry at me. They were bashing me, calling me names. <laughs> they were being, I mean, horrible, ugly. These are Christians. Really? I mean, cursing me, all kinds of things going on. I mean, we're up all night long looking at the results of what announced. So I have to say 90% of everybody was happy. They were excited. They were in agreement with that. They were happy about that. But this 10% must have filled, filled itself with the uh, fake news. To It was coming out of their pores because that's what they believed. And they were bashing, trashing, and this one man would not stop. And I was saying, it's going to be okay, but God's going to work it out. This is who he chose. This man would not let go, and he was just being really ugly. And the Holy Spirit said, well, why don't you use, why don't you use a, a really awesome tactic that always works? Make it, throw it, throw it out of his mind so he can't even think about it anymore. And I said, well, what, what are you talking about? He said, well, you, this, is, this is the Holy Spirit talking to me. You know how um, you love cornbread dressing at Cracker Barrel. So the next time he says something ugly, this is what you're going to say to him. And I actually said this. I said, well, since you're, since you're, you know, you have such great discernment and you know what you think is right and wrong to all of us, because you're such great discernment, maybe you could tell me what night does Cracker Barrel have cornbread dressing? <laughs> And this man had for an hour bashed and sent every kind of hate thing to me. And all of a sudden, it was silent. And everybody online was laughing out loud. They were laughing. <laughs> I mean, they were, ha ha, they had Snoopy dancing. All of this stuff was going on. And all of a sudden, this person comes on and goes, are you out of your mind? Did you not hear what I just said? I went, yeah, uh, yeah, did you not hear what I said? I really love cornbread dressing. And I think it might be Thursday, but I'm not sure. But would you great discernment? Could you possibly confirm that? <laughs> and that man left and never said another word. But all night long, people were putting little celebration, happy smile. Did you say <laughs> he left or laughed? No, he left. The guy he left. left. Oh, okay. no, he was never laughing. There okay. was no one. <laughs> it threw it out of his mind because you said something that was in no way, it wasn't combative, it wasn't arguing, and that's what the guy wanted, yeah. he wanted me to get angry. Well, instead I said that, and this little 10-year-old boy who was getting bullied every day in school saw that. So he thought he would try it himself. And so the <laughs> next day in school, and his mom actually contacted me, confirmed it. The next day in school, the, boy, the guy starts to bullying. Oh, he's just bullying, he's trashing him, just abusing him. And the kid walks up and it's in the hallway with the school where all the school is going through the classes. They all stop because this guy just beats up everybody. And it, it happened that the principal was listening around the corner. <laughs> and this little young kid walks up because, hey, I know you're upset, but you know what? There is a new ice cream parlor around the corner from the school. And I'd like to treat you to an ice cream cone. I like chocolate. Would you like vanilla? <laughs> and the mother said, the boy said, the price, the face. Now, the principal's hearing all this, right? The face was priceless on, on the bully. He's like, what? He couldn't grasp it, that this kid wasn't fighting back or running away scared. And the kid made the decision, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try what Kat did. 
And he said, the bully, to say, kept pressing, no, it won't take you very long. We go right after school. I got the money. I'd love to treat you. He goes, didn't you hear what I said? I went, no, uh, do you want vanilla or chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy behind goes, you're crazy. And he never said another word to that kid. All of the kids in the hallway ran up to the little boy and said, you're our hero. Oh, they my goodness. Had a, they had a celebration in the, in the gym for this little boy. And the principal said, I heard the whole thing. This is how you should handle every situation like that in your life. Don't feed the hate. Don't feed the anger. Pay it back with something they would never expect. Yeah. And so that little boy was, cele- was celebrating the school. I thought that, that is great. <laughs> That's amazing. And the Holy Spirit inspired, obviously. So, wow. Yes. Um, okay. Here's what Karina asks this question. I would like to ask Kat to explain more in detail about the meaning of marriage to God. It is confusing because we are all his children. Are we only married to Jesus or to the Trinity, or is it all symbolic? So there you go. There's your open question. It is a plan that Father Arnold had. Uh, Marriage is symbolic. It's a symbol. It's the coming together, uh, like to be together uh, for the purpose of love. And it's not to the father. You don't get married to the father. He is your father. No, he carried you inside himself. All the little spirits of life were in him until he released them, sent them to the earth. And they were they were knit to your little dot of flesh in the womb. That's how that all happens. When he said, I knit you together in your mother's womb. That's what that means. So he carried us. And if you sit before the throne now, you actually would see these little spirits of life. They're the spirits of people who are going to be born on the earth. They would ride out on the rays of the rainbow, and they would always saying, send me, send me. Jesse DePlanis saw this. Really? There's a girl that was caught up by angels, and she stood before the throne, and she said she saw fireflies coming out of God the Father. And because, you know, I told you your spirit man was a little light, little light. And so, no, you're not married to the Father. You're all, he's always going to be your father. You're always going to be his sons and daughters. And when you come back to heaven, Christ walks you up to the throne when you died. And he said, here, Father, I'm bringing them back. I'm bringing it back to your son or your daughter, whichever one it is. And he says, let's welcome home my son, if it's the son, and welcome home my daughter, if it's a daughter. So you don't you don't change that relationship. The, the, the wedding ceremony that will take place is with Jesus Christ, the one who died for you, who loves you more than anything at, at all. And we all will be one with him together. That means that we will have a closeness like no one else in heaven. And even though you were married before on the earth and you were crazy, wild in love with your husband or you were in love with uh, your wife um, as a man in love with your wife, um, that's still going to be secondary to what you feel for Jesus Christ. You do not really know the power of real love. It's a spiritual love. It's a spiritual ceremony. It represents we are now all mm. one with him. And there's a scripture in the Bible that Jesus is saying to the Father, Father, me and you and you and me, because they have the ability to step inside of each other. That's how the Trinity happens. That one day we'll get to do that with Christ in heaven. And there will be a ceremony. And there is a marriage supper of the Lamb that's been prepared for as long as I can remember. I've seen the tables. They're like all over in heaven. Uh, there's beautiful things set up like, all the, uh, the the things like the utensils that you're going to eat with are like pure gold, the purest gold ever. Beautiful things are set up. There's going to be all kinds of things done during the ceremony. But one by one, we will have a ceremony where we give ourselves to Christ. And then we will be one together. And we can step into him. And he can step into us. It is the most 
magnetic, exciting experience you'll ever have in your life. But it's not a physical love like we join together down here. It is a spiritual love. Now, you, describe, you describe on the earth, or I think it was on the earth, unless it was where Jesus stepped into you. We also said that about the Father. Yes. Was that some, I'm going to use the word, mystical marriage that you got before most of us get? Or is there something in heaven that's beyond that? No, stepping it is in? you receiving Christ. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. Okay, but we receive him now. So you're saying that's what yeah, happens now. Yeah, but stepped into you. So, the day you receive Christ as your Savior, you yeah. give yourself to him. Okay. Yeah. I've actually seen that whole thing. I mean, I've taken it and watched what happened when somebody gets born again. What what the Father gives you a stone of fire from his from himself. It gives light to your spirit, man. Yeah. Because before you're a Christian, you don't have a lot of light. You can have you can have charisma. You can you know you have your personality and things like yeah. that. But it's different when you get born again. It's a whole different. You become a new creation yeah. for, for a very strong purpose. When you receive Christ as your Savior and you repent of your sins. He takes a deposit of the anointing. He walked in 1 John 2.27, people. There's a scripture for you. 1 John 2.27, when you receive Christ as your Savior, he gives you a deposit of the anointing, and it lives in you. It's what yeah. he carried. It's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of what he walked in. Yeah. You can increase that anointing. We'll talk about that later. Well, so this is, at, the, at the ceremony, there is a ceremony of you receiving Christian. You're getting born again. The Father writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's written in there, okay? Only, only you can make that. I won't, I won't go into that either. So the ceremony that takes place, that Christ lives in you, it says so. You always yeah. say, Christ in my heart. You say that. I say that all the time. Christ in me is the hope of glory, the hope yeah. that I will create glory for him, carry the glory, and impart the glory around the world. That's what that scripture means. And I was right? taught that the marriage supper of the Lamb, that celebration time, yeah. was when we all get to heaven it yes. seems like you or somebody else was saying that there's some sort of marriage supper that's really here. It's not a marriage supper. It's, it's okay. you receiving Christ as your Savior. And okay. he, he has unlimited layers of his self. Yeah. They all do. Father does. Holy Spirit does. And Christ does. They mm -hmm. have unlimited layers of their self. And so when you receive Christ, he takes that layer of himself and puts it in you. It lives there. The fullness of Christ. The fullness, the fullness of, of Christ. Yeah. yeah. It says it talks about the fullness of Christ in the Bible. Yeah. You don't understand what you even have in you, how powerful I have a no. CD, by the way. I have a CD called Born Again. And it it wasn't done under the best sound uh equipment, but the church I did it in was from this pastor in Mississippi who gave up everything in his life to preach the gospel because the traditional place he was in didn't want him to talk about Holy Spirit or baptism, right? They wouldn't let him. They were kicking him out of the church. And he and he was the pastor because he got filled with the Holy Spirit. This this preacher, uh, I, I loved him very much, mm -hmm. Pastor Thomas. I got to know him well. Um, he chose what Christ wanted for him. And he served in the church and not this church I was in. And he said, anybody who wants to go with me and have the fullness of the prophetic and the fullness of baptism and Holy Spirit, you come with me, and the whole church left with him. Oh, my goodness. So this church that he built that I would go to probably more than anybody else, I'd go all the time there, sometimes several times a year. Uh, the father said, I want you to make that CD called Born Again in his church. 
showing that I'm honoring him for all the years of his life, what he gave up and what he, how many people got born again because of his ministry. And he loved everybody, no matter what, what went on to honor that man, you will have it made in that church. And I did. And it's, it's so powerful. The anointing on it tells, tells what happens the second you get born again. The second you say those words, you make that decision in your heart. And it does say Christ steps in you and he does, but he also gets a layer of your soul. Guess what? You got layers in your soul. And that layer of you that is part of you is seated in heavenly places at that moment you got born again. That's why it says you are seated there. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting more than one question answered right now. And I had I powerful thing you can do as a human being is to get born again. I had then me. I was baptized at 10 and it was kind of, it was real. I feel like it took, you know, but I didn't know very much and I had wrong, wrong, wrong doctrine. Oh, okay. So when I'm 22, 23, 25 is when I had a a profound experience with the Lord at this in this encounter that I talk about. And at that time, the Bible came alive. Now I suppose I was saved before, but at that moment in time, in that room, that night, and from that point on, all of a sudden the word of God came alive. So yes. I don't know. So are you saying that's because that's when Jesus stepped in me or the Holy Spirit popped no, I'm in? I'm quite sure the day you received him, I was four years old. Yeah. And I knew what I was doing. I knew my dad talked all the time about the Lord. His mother was a powerful missionary. I mean, I was around the gospel all the time. So I made a decision myself. Nobody nobody asked me. Phone. I just made it myself in Sunday school. And I remember running in the door because my mom was at home with a new baby. I just about just flung the door open, yawning there and said, I received Jesus Christ today. And he stepped inside of me. I was so excited. He so, does that for everybody. When yeah. you were born again, that's why you, that's the only reason why you can become a new creation is because he stepped in you. So a layer of him, a fullness of him is in you. So you're saying when I was 10. Yes. He stepped inside. So what happened? When I was 25 and all of a sudden the Bible came alive and no one had talked to me about receiving the Holy Spirit because that guy at Campus Crusade didn't even believe in that sort of thing. So you got the Holy Spirit when you were in your 20s? Well, uh, what I'm saying is the encounter where my life was changed in a moment happened in 1981. I was 25 years old. I've been married for about four or five years and boom, the encounter is slow motion I think and that he allowed you to feel that so you would really you you knew it was it was probably an awakening in you yeah or an awakening yeah it was it awakened was. so you still if you had died any time in between that time you would have gone to heaven yeah you did receive christ as your savior repentance says you received him that's why you say you receive him he is yeah. stepping in here he is in here right now and he does, I hear him talk a lot. I hear Holy Spirit. Uh, I was 18. I received the Holy Spirit. And boy, my life turned really upside down. And then back in the early 1990s, I got a, a measure of baptism in fire. Boy, that was different. <laughs> yeah. So there's so, all these experiences. And God is like intends you to have. You talked in, earlier today. You talked about we're coming into a season of God. But it seems yeah. like God puts these seasons in our lives. Yes. Where something awakens that wasn't awakened before. Oh, he's about to awaken a whole lot. And people have been through so much, you know. And I know there's people, I'm not to belittling you in any way. You're broken You're or fearful or you don't know. You're probably confused right now because of the evil that's running around the country. 
and even the world thinking it's going to take over. I will tell you this as sure as I am breathing this day sitting here, it will not work. Satan will not have his time now. The father has adamantly told me that he is going to definitely, God is going to have his days on this earth when people will walk and speak and talk for him, do miracles never done before, create things never done before. He's not about to miss the best time on this earth because some wizardly little devil thinks he can take a weak-hearted man who doesn't care about evil and be consumed and everyone following that person is about to have the biggest hit of their life because justice is coming in this world and God will have his way, people. You better wake up and understand who you belong to because I'm telling you, God's about to bless in ways you never dreamed of. And no one's going to stop this from happening because these are God's days on the earth. It is the day of his son's power, not the day of wrath. That's good. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get that from you every few episodes. I'll, I'll miss it, Kat. So we need that. We need that fire. I mean, God just really comes down on you on that or the Holy Spirit That's or whatever. The speaking. <laughs> That's the father. Isn't that interesting? You know. You know, he say the Holy Spirit's the drama king, is known as the drama king, but the Father has some of that in him. <laughs> oh, he does. Trust me. They they put on a show. They put on a really good show. People, you're about to be a, you're about to see a show put on that's yeah. going gonna to rewrite a lot of stuff for all of us, and even history will be reestablished the way it's supposed to be, and it will expose in history books. Evil will be shown when it tried to take over. That's what you can read about that. Really? Something that will be like dust, but it will be written down. And also the things of God that happened on the earth are about to be written in the public school history books. In the public school history books. You know, what? What? when you were talking earlier, you know, when we were first talking, I, I wanted to ask you, are there lots and lots of things that God has shown you in heaven that you're not allowed to talk about yet? Or just There's a lot and lots of things he showed me. It's not that I'm not allowed. It's just that I, I, I have for each season that we're in, there's things he needs to ha- let people have revelation on. And yeah. it kind of consumes my life. But, yeah. uh, you know, every and I don't have like my family's not sitting around in the kumbaya circle hoping I'll share the other stuff with them. Yeah. They love um, me, but, you know, yeah. to them, I'm their sister. <laughs> I'm their sister. <laughs> I'm yeah. their mother. Or, uh, you know, I'm my mom's daughter. Yeah. And uh, my dad would be here sitting in a circle with me if he was here. He's in heaven having a good time. Um, but no, I understand Christ when he's head of prophets without honor in his own home. Doesn't mean they don't love you. Just means they're not yeah. ne- not necessarily interested in what you're what you have to share from yeah. God. Yeah. And uh, and Christ found that out too. That's he the truth. The when he said, "I have to be about the Father's business," you know, he probably didn't, I don't know if he even went back home at that point. But they they had a whole different side of him. When Mary yeah. and his sisters and brothers, yes, Jesus had siblings, people. He he may not have ever got married, but he had to put up with siblings, trust me. And I know that he loved him anyway. Yeah. But I'm sure God, as the father said, I didn't make it easy for him. And he did say that about Christ. I didn't make it easy for them with his uh, siblings. I didn't make it easy with him with the uh, with the disciples. <laughs> he sure didn't. He put him in the midst of it. All right, let me ask this one. Um, I had circled this one before the show. I wanted to get this in. Susan asks, here on earth, we live with a purpose and an assignment from God, and he blesses us with gifts to use in order to fulfill our calling. When we get to heaven, do we also have an assignment or a role? Your thing is, is putting you and you were made to be on this earth, the gift. 
Every gift. good and perfect gift that came. came down from the Father of lights. The lights were his little spirits of all of us living in him. There is a scripture that talks about it, you just don't have revelation on it. Every good and perfect gift, that's me. I'm a gift. My gift is I'm a photographer. Yeah. When I get to heaven, I will be a photographer. I won't be a revelator. You'll remember me as a revelator, but in heaven, I can't. I, I, I'm so excited that I'll have new ways to do photography, capture moments, capture images, uh, capture light and sound. Mm. And it, 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 before this all happened, before this, this um, commission to be to reveal heaven and earth as a revelator, my passion was photography. And that's because I am a photographer. Some people are bakers, some are, some are, um, you know, some are like artists, some are rodeo people who run rodeos or create theme parks or things like that without evil in them. You should not have evil in theme parks. <laughs> well, I think but I'm wondering, Karen. If you were a seamstress, you know, your passion, the thing you love to do. And I tell people, it's probably your hobby. It's probably not the job you're doing because nobody works in heaven. What you get to do is a gift he put in you in your home mansion and properties designed around that gift. I think one of the things that and people have heard that you did, you do tell a story about where God had a person that came, went home um, to be a youth leader or something. That sounds like an assignment. And would God assign something and say, I want you to do this with the children for me or things like that. In other words, it would involve their gift, but it would also be, we would think it in our terms as God asked me to do something. That was a reward, by the way, for Marissa. Oh. It was okay. a reward because of the way she lived her life. Okay. He did choose her from everybody in the earth. He did choose Marissa. Yeah. Uh, he did choose her to be the okay. youth leader in heaven. And the assignment was to help them prepare their part of the celebration of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And that's why, that's why she was taken, she was taken home uh, to heaven at 13. And she okay. loved children. She she mentored kids in her elementary school, in her middle school. She was a cheerleader. She had other interests. She loved, I think she loved art and other stuff too. Um, but that was a commission in heaven as okay. a reward. So okay. sometimes what you get in heaven to do, you may still be a painter if you love to paint. You may still be some whatever the other gift is. But part of your reward, reward sometimes is something you'll do. I oh, do know true. that Oral Roberts and Billy Joe Daughtry work in Central Station. That is where Christ sits as CEO. Maybe you didn't know he was CEO of heaven. And they do business in the spirit. And so uh, Oral Roberts gets to help in this place. You have to be invited to reward. And Billy Joe Daughtry also, I think Billy Joe Daughtry went first. I think then Oral went after that. Or maybe the other way around. But I do know that I've seen both of them in Central Station. I've been there several times. It's quite a fascinating place. Anointings are sent down, blessings are sent down, mantles are sent down from this place of uh, the uh, the business part of heaven. Interesting, interesting. So, okay, so there's your answer on that. Uh, where does this is an interesting question? I would never think to ask this, but it's come to think of it. Where does the Holy Spirit that's been living in us go when we pass on to heaven? In other words, are we spirit filled in heaven, or I guess that's the question. Uh, or do we not need that because everything the spirit fills everything? I don't know. What's your thoughts? I that's totally up to him. He's never actually answered that question to me. So I can't answer questions I don't know. Yeah. I do know that when you go to heaven, you know you get to meet him in person, like person person, you get to meet yeah. him. And uh 
Well, the same thing with Christ. You know, if we receive Christ, Christ in yeah. us, will we still have Christ in us? Or will we be just maybe until you get um you become immortal at one point, I know that you do get in an immortal body when you're joined back together with your physical body, it is immortalized. And that yeah. means the day the dead in Christ shall rise. And I can't help but make this day because Holy Spirit say, Oh, go for it. When you die as a believer, this body, this flesh either goes in the ground or whatever happens to it that caused you to die. This flesh is left behind. What steps out of this flesh is your spiritual body. That's the real you. And that spiritual body lives in a spiritual world, goes home to heaven as a spiritual world, which is a real world. And if you're in your spirit, if you touch things, eat things like you would here, but it's a spiritual thing. So your flesh, this flesh, the dead in Christ is not our whole person. Uh, people think that your soul sleeps. No, it doesn't. Your soul is is not ever separate. You can't separate your soul from your spirit man, or you'd go to heaven and you won't be able to make choices, pick things, or show emotion. Your soul is your your soul is your mind. What you think about your will, what you choose, and your emotions that you display. So, if your soul stayed in the ground with your body, you'd be an emotionless person who couldn't make any decisions in heaven. Your soul never sleeps. Even now, when if I went lay down and slept, my soul would be awake. Your spirit man is awake. They don't sleep. They don't have to. They're spiritual. So your body is left behind. The dead in Christ will rise is your body. And no matter how it died and it burned up in a fire, right, God, it doesn't right. matter. God knows where every cell of that body is. And the day the dead in Christ will rise, that will be brought back together. Your spirit man will come from heaven, be joined. And I tell people, super glued together. You'll never be able to separate the body from the spirit or the soul, and you won't want to because you'll look, you'll be immortal, meaning you can never sin, never get hurt, never you never have uh, evil thoughts or anything. And one day that's going to happen to everyone who's a believer, and everyone's looking forward to that. And nobody ever argues with it except the people think I believe in soul sleep. Well, yeah. you'll, be quite, you'll be quite happy when you step out of this body that your soul is still in your yeah, spirit. Yeah, for sure. Well, as you probably know, realize that I that was the way I was raised raised that they believed in soul sleep but yeah but i do have this one question about why does god because i've understood when when we go to be with the lord or if we're translated during this life to visit people that are in the spirit still feel themselves and they feel others in heaven spirits feel spirits that feel solid to them since it feels solid anyway why do we even need a new body um it, it almost seems like what's the point if we can dress and look and make up and do things why do we even need a body because we kind of kind of already have one except it's not spiritual Are you talking about your, why does your spiritual body need the flesh body back yeah yeah why do you need the flesh body back yeah well it was so important see that's why he made this whole world we were already little spirits he wanted us to have a flesh body he okay. wanted us to have one he wanted us to be individuals we're all made differently we think differently and we all have a gift in us yeah and number one did christ get his body back yeah well <laughs> yes he did because he that's has the it. nail yeah he's got the it holes in him it says he's the firstborn from the dead that's what that's talking about the firstborn yes. from the dead means christ died on the cross he went into abraham's bosom and it took care of business and stuff like that then he crossed over to hell and was taken into hell on the third day he stood up and melted the faces of the hierarchy of hell took the gemstones off of Satan, and it says that in the Bible, and then he left there, went up in the tomb, got his body back, hmm. 
because you need this body. You need this body. It makes you you. It makes you unique. Um, your little spirit before you had this body, it, it's not like we were all generic little spirits, but you got features on you in this mm. flesh body. And and by the way, when the, when this earth is gone and he makes a new earth, it will be, he will combine, I know this sounds wild, he will combine the spiritual and the physical realm. And uh, in your flesh body, in your immortal flesh body, you will still enjoy things like you did before, except there'd be no evil, no wickedness, no defilement, and it's going down the list, no darkness at all in you. But he doesn't, he won't, he won't uh, keep them separate like that, they're kind of separate. Uh, heaven itself is in the original realm. This earth and all this flesh planets, they weren't here originally. Heaven has always existed. It's a spiritual world. It is the Father's house. His house is not a building. It is a whole world that could hold millions of other earths if it had to. And uh, it's just massive. Amazing. So Amazing. One day, that will be separated. That veil will be separated. And he will fold this old stuff up and make it all new, meaning it'll, you'll be still be able to live in your flesh body, your mortal flesh body. And still have all the enjoyment and fun, even more so. I tell people, wait to see what happens. I don't bother to argue with people about it. But your flesh will rest and sleep, and your spirit man will be going full steam ahead in heaven. <laughs> yeah. By the so way, I'm, hey, here's a. Yeah, you can touch that. If I was in heaven in my spiritual body, this would be a spiritual cup. I would drink out of the cup, I would taste the stuff I'm drinking, mm. uh, the ground I could feel, everything I could feel. You walk through the flowers and stuff, but you can still feel the flowers. It's just almost mind-boggling that yeah. people can't conceive of it because, number one, they've never seen it. If you've ever seen it, you never forget it. Yeah. And so all I can say is you don't win when you choose darkness. There is no winner in darkness. No one gets rewarded in hell. No one gets higher places in hell. Nobody gets uh, wonderful things given to you in hell. You're all... You're all just there to be crushed and destroyed by the enemy. And he makes a point of doing it. The more evil you are, the more tortured you will be. And I can just tell you right now, no matter what lies Satan has told you or wicked people have told you, they're all lies because you mm. don't get rewarded for doing mm. the evil here on this earth. Yeah. Well, Kat, uh, do you feel like praying for the people, whatever God gives you? And as we kind of close this out today, it's really good. Yes. Father, I thank you that these words today, they were yeah. your words. And your plans, your will, your way this day. I thank you for opening the eyes of your yes, children to know where they came from, where they lived before, where their real home is. Give them joy. Give them celebration and expectation in their letter. Flood their soul right now. And we sever every witchcraft spirit off of anybody out there listening to Jesus' name. Mm. And we say to every demon out there, get out of all those people in Jesus' name. You have no right. No power, no position. You'll yeah. be like dust one day. But Jesus Christ is the ruler of this earth. The earth and the fullness thereof belongs to him. We were sent by him, for him, and to be with him. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you consume everyone listening, God. And if there's a lot of cheaters and stealers, let it melt in them. And let their eyes be open to the truth. Because the truth and the truth alone will make you free in Jesus' name. Expect great things to happen and greatness will come. Expect fun to happen and fun will come. Expect joy and celebration and witty ideas. Expect it 
and say you expect it to come, to come. He wants to bless you. He loves you more than you'll ever know. But these are his days and they do not belong to the enemy. Wait and see the landslide of fraud exposure. It'll just make your mind go crazy. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Well, Kat, real quick, tell people about revealingheaven.com and catcur.com. Yeah, my 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 first website we made was revealingheaven.com. It's where you buy products. It's where you can find our events. And uh, then there's catcur.com, which is where you can give to me on a monthly basis if you want to. <clears throat> there's also, uh, I think there's interviews on there, lots of interviews. There's also revelation about how to, um, how to learn how to do things in the spirit. There's many different revelations in there. And training is in there for you. There's a photo gallery of what things look like in the spirit realm in heaven and here on the earth, what it looks like. And I can just tell you, you always win when you choose Jesus Christ. Learn to love even when you don't understand. That doesn't mean anyone has the right to beat you up or hurt you or, or crush you into nothing. That is not God's plan. That is the devil trying to mess you up. Stand up and say to the enemy, I choose to serve the living God and I will serve no other and he will flee from you. Blessings. 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 Thank you, Kat, so much. We love you. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks again, Kat. We love you so much. See you all later. Kate, bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.